Welcome to Lead with Less, the podcast for confident professionals with me, your host, Tash Peterson, Certified Leadership and Mindset Coach. This is the podcast for confident professionals that will help you move through overwhelm, burnout and self-doubt by sharing actionable strategies and practical steps that can have an immediate impact for you. With a mix of solo and guest episodes, I will share everything I've learned and applied over the last decade that has enabled me to create an extremely successful HR career and since then a profitable and thriving coaching business, all while blending it with everyday life and motherhood. I've also coached and empowered over 150 clients through one-on-one coaching and group programs to transform their lives and careers using these strategies. They now confidently thrive as their best selves and now I want you to have access to all of the goods too. This is the perfect spot if you're new to your career, a seasoned professional or aspiring into a people leadership role and want to lead with less so you can live and work with more confidence, clarity and energy. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Lead With Less. This episode is something that I do quite a lot in workshops that I run with companies that I work with and also just with clients, something that comes up so much, which is imposter syndrome, this crippling self-doubt that's simmering under the surface. And the idea that we're a fraud, the idea that you're a fraud, the idea that you don't belong where you are, that you haven't got enough credentials or experience or qualifications to be where you are and you're worried that you're going to be found out. And this is something that can be so limiting, that can keep us so stuck, so caught up in our brain that it stops us from doing the things that we really want to do, making big moves that we want to make and going after what we want. So this is something that I really wanted to talk about in an episode to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this, but also to help hopefully give you a mindset shift and a change in perspective of how experiencing imposter syndrome can actually be a really good thing, that we can actually use it as a sign for expansion a sign for growth and a sign for us to step up to lean in so there's a quote that I that I really love from Valerie Young she's kind of the leading expert in imposter syndrome which is the only way to stop feeling like an imposter is to stop thinking like an imposter and this is something that can be really liberating and freeing when you learn this about imposter syndrome which is it's a pattern of thinking it's a train of thought that we get stuck in that we then replay over and over again which then continues to emphasize this idea that we that we are an imposter and we keep then finding that evidence that it's true right because what the brain goes looking for the brain finds And so how do we actually then start shifting it? Well, first of all, we need to actually understand what imposter syndrome is. So imposter syndrome causes you to doubt your achievements and create fear that you'll be exposed as a fraud. It keeps you on on edge waiting to be found out, you know, like, oh, I'm going to get fired. They're going to, you know, maybe realize that I'm not who I said I was, or I don't have the skills or experience that I said, or I'm not going to do as good of a job as I thought I was going to do. And it's interesting because research suggests that approximately 70% of people will experience imposter syndrome at least once in their lifetime. Now, I would argue that that's probably close to 95, 98, 99, possibly even 100%, because a lot of studies 
rely on people acknowledging that they experience imposter syndrome. Whereas almost every single client that I've worked with has had elements of imposter syndrome thinking, have had elements of doubting themselves, their skills and their experience. So I would say that it's actually 70, it's actually higher than 70%. And unfortunately where this comes up more is with women. Women talk about imposter syndrome more, which I think leans toward that statistic that it's higher in women because women probably are more likely to say that they're experiencing it or talk to their friends or counterparts about experiencing it. And when imposter syndrome shows up is essentially, there are actually quite a few key areas where it shows up the most, which is when you start a new job, when you're about to apply for a new job, when you're about to take on new responsibilities, or you get a promotion right? Anything that puts you on the edge of something new, on the precipice of expanding yourself, of asking more of yourself, of asking you to step into something that you may not have done before. That's usually when it shows up, right? When we are about to step into that that new thing, right? And imposter syndrome essentially is driven from fear. The fear of rejection, the fear of judgment, failure, exposure, not feeling good enough. And all of that promotes high levels of anxiety, right? Because you're in that constant state of worry, which is what is then holding you back, stopping you from moving forward and doing the things that you want to do. Now, some signs, some ways that you might be able to identify imposter syndrome. So sometimes we don't actually know that that's what we're experiencing until we actually kind of know what to look for. So there is a healthy level of accepting your areas of improvement, right? Like we all have areas that we want to improve, that we want to learn more about, that we want to enhance our skills more. But when that becomes overinflated and we start kind of fixating on the idea that we are not enough or we don't have enough or we haven't got enough in order to get to that next level, it can become really debilitating and damaging. And so some ways that it might show up is worrying that you're not going to live up to expectations, avoiding taking on extra responsibilities, believing accomplishments and achievements are luck, right? That your effort wasn't really any part to play in it. Self-sabotaging your success. So we have fear of failure and we also have fear of success, right? So when you're about to kind of step into that next level of success in your career or your business or, you know, have a more fulfilling relationship, we can then go, nope, that's too much. I'm going to take a step back and then I'm going to cut myself short. Avoiding asking for raises and promotions. So, you know, really not stretching yourself for the things that you really want to do. And this is kind of an interesting one is where you, you can go overboard on tasks and goal setting, right? And this is kind of that perfectionism idea kind of coming in where it's not good enough. So I have to go over and beyond to prove that it is enough. So these are some signs on, on where it might show up for you. Kind of one of the things that I believe and what I empower and kind of help my clients to rewire in their mindset is that there's no such thing as failure, right? There is only learning. Failure is determined by the story you tell yourself about what's happening. So if a project doesn't deliver the way that you thought, if you don't get the job that you thought you wanted, if you don't get the pay rise, if you started a new hobby or a or sport and you were terrible and you weren't picked for the team or picked for the group. All of that only means something if you tell a story 
of meaning if you tell yourself that it means something about you, right? Because all of those things are just are only outcomes. They're only outcomes of a particular action you took or a particular, you know, task that you delivered on. And in and of itself, it doesn't mean anything about who you are as a person, or it doesn't mean anything about your skill set or your experience or your value, unless you tell yourself a story about that or to that effect. And this is where Valerie Young is talking about that in order to stop these imposter syndrome tendencies coming up is to stop telling ourselves that we are imposters, right? So if you make everything that doesn't work out or doesn't go well mean something about you, it's going to perpetuate the cycle that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes, that you don't have the skills and experience to get the things or do the things that you want to do. And so there needs to be that flip of that meaning that we're giving to these things. So then if imposter syndrome is a train of thinking, what does it look like to shift that? So there's a few things. There's first the things that I'm going to share about like overcoming imposter syndrome in and of itself. And then I'm going to share some mindset rewiring tips, which you can also find in the earlier episodes around the three C's framework and the mindset rewire episode as well, which we'll link in the show notes. So the first thing to understand about overcoming imposter syndrome is that it's not going to happen overnight. Just like anything to do with mindset happens over time, like your mindset developed over a period of time, it didn't just snap your fingers and it happened. The same thing with rewiring your mindset and moving away from imposter syndrome thoughts is it's going to take time right? It's going to take practice. Like everything that I talk about and all of the work that I talk about is it's going to take practice. So the first thing that I would, well, actually, I'm not going to put these in an order because I want you to choose the one that resonates most with you because I'm going to share about, I think about eight or so of them. And I'm not going to tell you to do all eight of them because that's impractical and unreasonable. So instead, I'm going to share all of these, and then you're going to choose the one that most resonates for you to help you start moving through imposter syndrome thinking. So the first is breaking the silence. Talking about it releases the power, right? Like what Brene Brown talks a lot about is shame perpetuates when it's hidden. It's the same thing with, you know, these doubts and these, you know, perpetuating ideas that we're not enough, that we don't have what it takes, or that we're going to get found out, the more that we hold it back, the more that we hide it, the more that we feel shame around it, the worse it gets, the worse our brain attaches to it, and the more that it seeks out the evidence to prove that to be true. So the more that you can talk about it and share that this is what's going on in your brain, the less overpowering it becomes. And that can be an easy conversation like, hey, oh my gosh, I'm about to go for this job. I really don't think I can do it. You know, I blah, blah, blah. I'm worried that this, that, and the other thing. And what this often does is that it allows that person that you're talking to about it to help ground you back. Because that person is more likely to say, wow, really, that's what you think? This is what I see. This is what I see that you bring. This is the value that I see in the work that you do and how you show up. And often we need that right? Like I'm all about self-validating, self-recognizing, making sure that you're celebrating your own success. 
But if imposter syndrome is really overtaking your brain, it's really hard to do that. It's really hard to be able to be like, yeah, I'm great. When, you know, all of the thoughts are saying, are struggling to believe that. So by breaking the silence and talking about it, one, it releases the power, but two, it opens up the opportunity for someone to help short circuit your brain and go, hey, how about we look at this in a different way? How about I actually help show you what everyone else sees that you may not be seeing? So that's really powerful. The second thing is separate your thoughts and feelings from the facts. So often we kind of entangle our emotional response and our emotional thoughts about what's going on to what is actually the reality or the facts of the experience or the situation. An example of this is you applied for a job and you got rejected, you didn't get the job and your feeling of that is I'm not good enough, I don't have what it takes, I should never have done it, I'm never going to be able to move to the next level in my career. Whereas the facts are there were a thousand people that applied for that job and there was only one job. So there are 999 other people that also didn't get the job. And that does not mean that you are not good enough. It meant that that person that was chosen was the most aligned to that role, right? So the emotions and the thoughts that we can kind of get caught up in is all about the story that we're telling ourselves about the situation versus what is the actual facts of it. And so this is where if you don't know the facts, you don't have the facts, can you find them out? so that you can then minimize the storytelling that's happening. This is a really, really, really good one. If you find yourself being a, a big entangler <laughs> of stories and meaning versus what is actually the true facts of the situation. The third one is recognize when it makes sense to feel like an imposter. So this is what I shared earlier around Imposter syndrome tends to raise its head when we're about to do something new, you're on the edge, you're about to expand, you're about to be challenged with something different. That makes sense. It makes sense that you might feel like an imposter because it's something you haven't done before. You don't necessarily have the evidence that you can do that very specific thing. So when we can, you know, kind of tell the brain like, oh yeah, okay, I understand why my brain is going down this train of thinking. I understand and it makes sense and I'm still going to do it anyway because I've done these things in the past, right? And so this is where we can look to the past for evidence of, I've done lots of new things. I've done lots of things that at the time I've never done before. And hey, look, look where I am. I did it. So when we can recognize that there are times when we, where it makes sense to feel like an imposter, it also releases that power because it's like, oh yeah, I'm about to stretch and grow. It makes sense. And we can then kind of step back and ground into ourselves and go, oh yeah, okay. It makes sense. That I'm feeling a little bit worried and anxious but I'm making the move anyway. The fourth one is developing a new response to failure and mistake making. So what I mentioned earlier around there is actually no such thing as failure. There's only learning. That's a mindset shift we need to have. That's a mindset shift that you need to practice day in, day out, that when things don't work out the way that you thought it would, that it's purely a learning opportunity or a redirection. It doesn't mean anything else than that. So being able to develop that new response or that new idea of failure can be so liberating because instead of seeing things that don't work or not getting results as this blocking, stagnant weakness, it's actually an opportunity for curiosity and expansion and potential. 
So this can be so, so, so incredibly powerful. The fifth thing is rewriting the beliefs of I should know the answers or asking for help is weak. This is something I see a lot with the clients that I work with is this idea that in order to be confident or to have credibility, it means that I need to know everything, which is just a thousand percent impossible. It is so impossible to know everything. However, what is really credible building, which is something I did across my whole career, was I actually saw so much power in saying, hey, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm going to go and find out. Or, hey, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know how to solve this problem. Can I please leverage some of your expertise? That built me so much credibility across my HR career. And it still builds me credibility now in my business because I'm not trying to pretend that I'm the expert, that I know everything. But what I am showcasing is, is that I have I have critical thinking, I have curiosity, I have the ability to learn, which is far more powerful. And people value the idea that you're actually going to go and find the right answer versus telling them stuff that you think is right, but may actually not be right. So huge power there. The sixth thing is acting as if you are the person you want to be already. So I'm not about fake it till you make it. That's not what I subscribe to because that creates the idea that that's not who we are. However, I like the idea that acting as if you are the version of yourself that's already confident, that's already excelling, that's already performing in this new stretch, right? Because you know that you have the ability to do that because you've done that before. The job that you're in right now, you were new at that job once. The career path that you're in now, you were new at that once and you've never done it before. And you're currently doing something you have never done before at that time. So you have evidence to show that you can be successful if you are willing to put in that effort, if you're willing to put in that ability to learn and grow and be curious, right? So acting as if is the is visualizing who you are. So kind of asking that question, if I was confident in this, if I had the experience that I wish I did, how would I show up? What would I be doing? What would I be saying? How would I be responding to things? And then act as that version of yourself right now. Because the more that you do that, the more that you show up as the person you want to be, the more that you're building that confidence because you're taking action. You're not waiting for it to come out of nowhere because it's not going to, right? In order to develop a skill or to gain experience or to do something new, we have to be in it doing it. So acting as if. The seventh, I think this is the seventh thing, maybe the sixth thing. Seek out your evidence and reward yourself. So I talked about this earlier around looking at the past as evidence that you've done new things, that you are in a career path right now that you haven't done before. And so if you look back to your past, you past, you will find evidence to show that you've done new things, that you've learned things that you've built confidence in, things that you didn't have confidence in before, that you have expanded yourself, that you've grown, that you've learned things that you've never known before. You have evidence that you have done all of the things that are now giving you anxiety and worry because it's a new step. But you've done all of it before. This is purely a different context. For example, a couple of years ago, I applied to be a keynote speaker. And I've never been a keynote speaker. I've spoken at lots of conferences, but I've never been the keynote speaker of a conference. 
And I was like, no way, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have anything of value to share, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? There was the first time that I spoke at a conference where I've never spoken at a conference before and I did it and I showed up and I did a great job and I got great feedback. How is this any different? Sure, the label is different because it's a keynote and sure, it's a different conference, but I've done speaking before. I've been a conference speaker before. So I have evidence to show that I've done it. All this is, is a different situation. So look to your past for evidence to validate the fact that you can do this thing because it is there. And the last thing is to recognize and celebrate your achievements. One of the things that clients that I work with hate doing is they hate sharing their wins with me every Friday. Okay, maybe hate's a bit of a strong word, but they dislike. They're very uncomfortable with sharing their wins with me every Friday. Yet I really challenge them to do it because it builds that internal confidence. It builds that internal validation, that internal recognition that is so important to have when we get crippled by imposter syndrome thinking. Because the more that we have the ability to self-validate, to self-recognize, to self-acknowledge, the less that we're going to find ourselves blocked and stuck by these worries and these fears that generally aren't really true right now. So one thing that I have is a wins jar. So I'm shaking that. This is a cleaned out pickle jar or gherkins jar filled with post-it notes of the wins and things that I recognize myself for or that I got feedback from a client for or, you know, any kind of acknowledgement so that when I have these moments of imposter syndrome thinking or I have these moments of self-doubt, I can look over at that jar and that is proof that every time I did something scary, it paid off in one way or another. Whether it's success or learning, it's all the opportunity of expansion. So from a mindset perspective, the way that we rewire rewire imposter syndrome is what I share in the mindset episode as well, which is the three C's we catch. So we catch all of these imposter syndrome thoughts, catch them as they come up. When you notice yourself feeling anxious or worried, pinpoint, what is it that you're thinking about? What is it that you're getting caught up in? Then challenge it. What's the evidence you have about that thought? What is truth there? Am I getting caught up in the thoughts and the feelings of this, or is this actually the facts? So really challenge it. Is this the way that I want to be thinking about this thing? Probably not. And then change. So what's the imposter syndrome busters, which is what I call them, imposter syndrome busters, what's the imposter syndrome buster that I'm going to focus on in order to shift me through this, in order to help me come into a state of calm, reassurance and confidence so catch challenge change and doing that again and again and again and over time these imposter syndrome thoughts and tendencies will become less and less and less and they'll become less debilitating and less crippling which is what we really want so i'll just recap the imposter syndrome busters so break the silence separating your thoughts and feelings from the facts recognize when it makes sense to feel like an imposter Develop a new response to failure and mistake making. Rewrite the beliefs of I should know the answers and asking for help is weak. Acting as if you are the confident person you want to be and seeing that as who you are right now and act from that place. 
seek out the evidence that you've done new, expansive, scary things before and that you can do it again. And then recognize and celebrate your achievements. So making that a weekly practice that you can come back to again and again and again. And then from that mindset perspective, catch, challenge, and change. When this comes up, catch it, challenge it, and change it, and repeat again and again. Imposter syndrome is a thinking tendency, which means that you have the ability to shift it and change it by being really intentional about the way that you think and ensuring that the way that you're thinking is supportive of who you want to be and how you want to feel. Another quote that really stays true for me that I really like to reflect on a lot is a quote by Lisa M. Hayes, which is, be careful how you are talking to yourself because you are listening. And that is a really, really powerful one. You are listening to everything that you're saying to yourself. So making sure that it is supportive and empowering to you. I'm going to leave it there because otherwise I'm going to go down a whole lot of tash tangents about this. But this is a really big and deep topic, but I really wanted to give an insight into imposter syndrome, you know, how it might be coming up for you. But ultimately, what I believe to be true is that if you are experiencing imposter syndrome thinking, it means that you're on the edge of doing something good or great. It means that you're on the edge of doing something expansive. It means that you are leveraging an opportunity. It means that you are wanting to increase your potential. It means that you are pushing yourself, growing. And that is what it means to be human. That's what it means to be wanting to lean into the best version of yourself. So instead of seeing imposter syndrome as something to run away from or hide yes it is something that we want to work through but also recognizing that it is something powerful because it means that you are doing something big it means that you are stretching yourself and growing and that is the most powerful thing that you can do so let me know what you think about this episode let me know if it resonates and lands and let me know which imposter syndrome buster you are going to apply to start creating some shifts. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lead With Less, the podcast for confident professionals with me, Tash Peterser. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. As a thank you, each month, one lucky reviewer will get a 45-minute one-to-one coaching session with me where you will get the tools and strategies to lead with less burnout, overwhelm, and self-doubt. And if you know anyone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share this with them and help me reach as many confident professionals as possible.